Welcome to Hawaii's Best Podcast, where we help you prepare for your next trip to Hawaii. Discover the experiences, businesses, and stories that make Hawaii the Aloha State. And now your host, Brian Murphy. Aloha and welcome to episode 56 of Hawaii's Best, where we help prepare you for your next trip to Hawaii. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, the owner of Hawaii's Best, and we help you discover the Aloha State. And in the ever-changing world of travel updates, big news came out this week for the island of Kauai. And as of April 5th, 2021, Kauai has rejoined the state's Safe Travels program. And this means you can now travel to Kauai and bypass the 10-day quarantine, granted that you tested negative for covid 72 hours prior to your final departure flight. And we covered Hawaii's safe travels program on a previous episode and how to navigate it. So be sure to listen to that after this episode or save it for a later time. You can just go to hawaiisbesttravel.com slash episode 50 to listen to that. We'll also link that below wherever you are listening. And if you listen to the last few episodes, you've probably noticed a theme going on. Not only do we want to help you travel to Hawaii by, you know, highlighting some of the best places to eat, stay, what to do, what not to do, and all those good things, best beaches, best hikes for family, stuff like that, and how to experience the amazing culture above all else. In addition to that, we want to help prepare you for what to expect, meaning there are some things you want to be aware of, things to do things not to do. And back in late 2018, the Island of Hawaii Visitors Bureau and Hawaii County announced the Pono Pledge. And today we're going to unpack everything you need to know about the Pono Pledge, what it is. But here's a reason behind the Pono Pledge from Ross Birch, the IHVB Executive Director. The Island of Hawaii is one of the most geographically diverse and awe-inspiring places on the planet. And it is our kuleana or responsibility as an island community to encourage Pono practices so that it remains that way for future generations. By committing to this pledge, residents and visitors are acknowledging the responsibility to have respect for place no matter where you are. So in talking with the Island of Hawaii Visitors Bureau and as travel has reopened, it made sense to talk more about the Pono Pledge, especially right now in this moment. So on this episode, I am joined with Frisha Savayos and Lauren Manuel. Frisha is a tourist specialist who has a huge passion for helping Hawaii thrive by promoting healthy communities, maintaining strong culture and protecting natural resources. And Lauren is vice president of sales for a destination management company and helps people experience the islands fully with a special place in our heart for Hawaii Island. They're going to help me unpack the importance of the Pono Pledge, what it is and how you can take the pledge. If you want to follow along, you can go to PonoPledge.com right now and take a look at what we're going to cover. And you can take the pledge at the end of this episode. Would highly encourage you to do that. Or as we're, you know, kind of discussing the pledge. And if you want to take that, that would be awesome. It's free to do. It's more about just kind of educating ourselves what the Pono Pledge is and why it's important and how we can pass that on for generations. All right. So why don't we go ahead and head over and talk story with Frisha and Lauren from the Pono Pledge Initiative.
Lauren and Frisha, thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best today. How are you both doing? Lauren, we'll start with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us, Brian. Absolutely. Frisha, tell us a little bit about your role, who you are, and as we get into this conversation about the Pono Pledge, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about who you are and what you're all about. Aloha. Thanks, Brian, for having me on this podcast. My name is Frisha Savayos. I'm the tourism specialist in the county of Hawaii. I've been in this position for about seven, going on eight years now, but I've been in the county for 12 years. I'm a Hilo girl, born and raised. What drives a lot of the work I do in the visitor industry is my passion for helping our communities thrive, not just survive. That's also our Mary's mantra, but it's also looking at ways we can promote and maintain healthy lands and healthy communities. And so my passion is to really be there for our people and strengthen our culture and preserve our natural resources. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lauren, what about you? So I am vice president of sales for De Silva Meeting Consultants. We are a local destination management company. I've been with De Silva for a little over five years now. Started at the Maunalani and I was there for almost a decade before switching over. It's really exciting to be able to still support the island and the hospitality industry, but not just focus on one place or one hotel. I get to work with everybody on island and that includes all of the activity partners and the community when we do community service. Awesome. Thank you both so much. And I know there's a lot of excitement with travel to Hawaii being reopened you know, through the state's safe travels program. And and that seems to be and have been going pretty well. From your perspective, you talked a little bit about, you know, a lot of people's first impression of Hawaii for the first time would be the island of Maui and Oahu. Hawaii Island is a very special place. And I think maybe just give us a little overview of what makes Hawaii Island so special and unique. I feel like all the islands are so unique and special in their own way. Yeah. And when you look at Hawaii Island, you're able to visit so many of the different climates of the world in one day. You could be on a hot, sunny beach and turn around and you see Mauna Kea with snow on it. Yeah. And, you know, you can drive 45 minutes and be chilly and you know, looking at all the horse pastures and ranch land here on the island, and it's green and it's misty and it's cool. So, you know, and then you can drive down and walk around in black lava rock and see petroglyphs. <laughs> so, you know, so many unique things here on this island. Yeah, that's incredible. I was having lunch recently with one of my friends in Waikiki, Kaneoloa, and native Hawaiian. And when he was visiting Mauna Kea, he talked about exactly what you said. Like he was at the beach, he he was, you know, Mauna Kea, and he went and saw lava flow all in the same day. And that is pretty unique and probably the only spot in the entire world you can do that in all these climates. So very special. So travel to Hawaii Island is definitely open, but I know each of the counties has, and you know, Kauai is going to be 
rejoining the Safe Travels program here in April, whenever you're listening to this. Hawaii Island, what are the current restrictions and what should someone know if they are traveling to the island? I have the mayor's most recent proclamation in front of me. If oh, that's perfect. Helpful. <laughs> so we're following um, the 18th emergency proclamation for all persons traveling to Hawaii Island. And this is under the state of Hawaii's mandatory 10-day self-quarantine unless an exemption or modification applies. So for example, pre-testing, if the traveler has a negative result, they will be exempt to the mandatory self-quarantine requirement, but they must upload their negative test result onto the state's safe travels program. And this pre-test should be conducted by a trusted testing partner, which is on the safe travels website. That's perfect. And we'll link all that below, wherever you're listening to this, go go back and um, check out all those links. HawaiiCOVID19.com is the most up-to-date and official info. I know there are a lot of postings and, and blogs out there trying to, you know, have their own spin and, and definition of, of how to, but the state has done a great job of kind of compiling everything on on that website. So take advantage of that. Today, we're talking about the Pono Pledge, one or before we can dive into that, maybe just to be able to define Pono and, and start there and the importance of why even have this pledge and have this conversation around it. So let's start with what does Pono mean? Yeah, so Pono is being righteous and in that sense, being morally correct. And the word we would love to share when we think about being Pono is to be mindful. Mm. Just thinking about, you know, really how would we want to be treated and we're going to be treating people the same way. So same thing, you know, if you invite somebody into your home, you would hope in Hawaii, they take off their slippers before entering, you know, because it's part of the culture. And if they don't know, they will learn and then they will do. (laughs) So that's just one small example of, you know, really just being mindful. I think that's super important is no matter where you're, where you're traveling to is to be mindful of the environment and the culture you're traveling into. And why is it important? That might be kind of a, maybe an ignorant question, but a simple question. I think a lot of people traveling to the island might have like, why even have this initiative? Yes, I think a big reason would be safety. Mm. We want anybody visiting and who live on this island to all be mindful of everything around you, you know, including land and sea. So when we're thinking about things, people might not be used to the fact that during the wintertime, sometimes we have swells. And if they're turning their back to the ocean, there could potentially be a wave that comes up behind them and and hits them down. Or if it's raining in the mountains and they're, you know, taking pictures next to a stream, if they're swimming in the stream, they may not know that a flash flood could be coming. Uh So we want to keep local residents and visitors alike safe. What about with travel just being reopened, what type of 
impact. I mean, you kind of have like this reset right now that hopefully we don't ever have again. But, you know, right now there was a, obviously a hard stop to travel to Hawaii and now it's been reopened. Putting this Pono pledge in front of travelers is, is super important. But as reopen has been happening for the last few months, how has that been going from your perspective? And what are some things, if someone's traveling to the islands, to just kind of be aware of maybe some of the, some of the good things that have happened with the reopening, but some of the learning moments for people to be aware of? So I'm so excited to know that there is this pent of demand that <laughs> right. so many people are just so excited to travel again. And Hawaii might have been on their bucket list of places to visit one day. And once you tell somebody, oh, you know, stop travel, you can't travel. I think even more so people are going, once I can travel again, I want to get that bucket list vacation. So, you know, in the last year, I think a lot of people were dreaming about what can I do when I can travel again? Mm -hmm. And so many people are going on social media. They are looking at posts. They are clicking on hashtags and they're going, oh, I want to eat at all these places. I want to visit all these places. I bought a selfie stick (laughs) so that I can take pictures and post them and hashtag it the way I've been looking at it all these months, which is awesome. We're so excited that other people are excited to visit. On that same note, there might be things on social media that in their head, it sounds like a great idea. It looks like a great idea. It's a beautiful Instagram worthy picture. Right. Now, what we want to do with the Pono Pledge is make sure that they're being very mindful of being safe, of making sure that they're not trespassing Mm -hmm. on any private property to get to these places, not to go right next to a cliff, even though it's so beautiful behind them, because one step back could mean they fall. So all of these things, we want people to experience but we also want them to be safe while doing it. Because the moment that they get hurt, then our first responders have to go out there and and save them Uh when we really didn't need to do that in the first place if they were just more aware and mindful. Yeah, that's well said. I think people, when traveling to Hawaii, one of the things that just has to be experienced is how much love for the land people of Hawaii have. That's something you don't see in many places across the world. So you're traveling into a place that is incredible. It's beautiful. All the climates you described earlier, plus people who call Hawaii Island home, love the land. Aina so much. It's sacred. And for someone to come into as a, as a guest to be mindful of, of that, is super important. And, you know, we're going to talk through the Pono Pledge and it's not like this list of don'ts and thou shall not. It's the really to experience Hawaii to its full. And there's something about experiencing Hawaii. If, if you haven't, you're listening right now, you haven't been yet. There's something about experiencing this place that Hawaii 
it becomes a part of you. It's hard to describe. Like you leave and you feel like you feel this, this hole. The next time you travel, you feel this ownership. You feel this ownership to want to take care of this place for you thinking about your children, your grandchildren, for future generations. It's all of our responsibility to preserve and to make better than it is. So I think this might be a good segue talking into what the Pono Pledge is. And we're going to talk through the different um, nine elements of it briefly. The first element into in the Pono Pledge is I pledge to be Pono. We talked about what that word is, righteous, mindful, on the island of Hawaii. And Lauren, you kind of already spoke into that, but anything else you would want to add to that first one? Yeah, you know, it's not just visitors, it's residents. Right. So we want to make sure everybody is being Pono on the island. The second one is I will mindfully seek wonder, but not wander where I do not belong. And you, you touched on that a little bit, but maybe we can expand on that a little bit more. And I know you, I know you talked about social media in general and one of the things that we try to be super mindful on Hawaii's best when we're posting images is we're not posting images of, for example, the infamous hike on Oahu East side stairway to heaven. Like that's an illegal hike. That's super dangerous that a lot of people want to get that shot, but not at the extent of damaging the the land further and not the extent, I mean, county there just you know had like 93 citations in one day or something like that so it's not it's not worth it there's so many more places that you can wander maybe this might be a good spot to talk a little little bit about what are some of those spots on hawaii island but lauren maybe unpack the second element for us that was such a perfect example (laughs) because i knew exactly what we were talking about as soon as you said that right um but hawaii island also has a lot of these places. So for example, a big one, Kilauea, our volcano, there are places that are specified as safe for you to be able to view and take pictures there. But the moment you start walking around those, you know, barriers and you're like, I'm just going to get a little bit closer to the edge. I'm going to just right here by the caldera. You know, you don't want to fall in lava. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a very good example of mindfully seeking wonder on our island. But do not wander where you don't belong. (laughs) That's the quote of the day. You don't want to fall in lava. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, well said. You don't want to you don't want to wander into lava, fall into lava. The word kapu, you might see that around uh, briefly describe if you see that posted what does that mean basically it's private property and you don't belong there so a lot of times people will look around and go wow i see this guava tree or i see all of these beautiful horses right there and i just want to get a little bit closer to take some pictures or to pick some fruit but if you see a kapu sign that just means you know what don't pass this sign. It's private property. Please don't come on this property. And there's could be for multiple reasons, you know, also for safety. There's a lot of cattle on this island. So, you know, just kind of keeping in mind that even though it might not look like private property, it is. Right. I think that's the one thing about Hawaii is 
the signs have meanings. Like there's, they're purposely like even talking about the beaches, you know, don't swim here. And, and like to heed those warnings, especially in, in Hawaii is, is super important. All right. Next one. I will not defy death for breathtaking photos, trespass or venture beyond safety. You've talked about that, but is that a real thing? I mean, are there people who die every year trying to get these shots? Die or just get hurt. Yeah. Whether it be serious or a little bit. Number one, we don't want anybody getting hurt. That is not the way that you want to spend the rest of your time here on island in an emergency room or hospital. You want to be able to enjoy your time here. And also, like I had mentioned before, our first responders. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure that everybody's keeping safe, including the people who are there for emergencies. If we don't have to put ourselves there in the first place, then we don't put them there. And resources are so limited on island. It's important that these first responders are responding to those emergencies that are of priority and not these things that could have been easily prevented. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will Malama care for land and sea and admire wild wildlife only from afar. Let's talk a little bit about that word Malama a little bit and then... What about land and sea should we care for? Pretty much everything. You want to be able to take care of everything that you encounter. And some people might not know about the nene goose mm. and the Hawaiian green sea turtles, the Hawaiian monk seal. So although it might look so cool to get a picture just touching the seal or touching the turtle, people might not know you're not supposed to. And there are reasons for that. So we just want to be mindful of keeping our distance. You can look at them. It's beautiful. But also, you know, people don't want to swim right up to a humpback whale. (laughs) You know? Some good examples of yeah. wildlife you should only admire from afar. Right. Don't fall in lava. Don't swim up to humpback whales. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Talking about to only, what is it, 20 feet? If you go to the um, the Pona Pledge website protected species page, they've got all the information on what are protected species Perfect. and how to appropriately view them and interact with them. Love that. Thanks, Risha. We'll we'll link that below as well. The next one, molten lava will mesmerize me, but I will not disrupt its flow. Does that happen? Pretty much one way you can disrupt the (laughs) lava flow by getting too close. And we never want that to happen. But, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's beautiful from afar. Yeah. And our Volcano National Park staff they do a great job making sure that it's daily, you know, tracked and barriers are moved where if one place there's lava coming out and it's getting too close to the visitors, you know, center for viewing, they will move it. Just really embrace whoever is in charge of that area and be respectful and know that they're trying to keep us safe. Right. And on that 
topic, where can you see lava flow? What, what's current right now? My best place would be go to Volcanoes National Park. Yes. And they have so many rangers there who know, okay, so today <laughs> the best viewpoint is right. here. Here's a map. You can drive there. You can hike here. And they will tell you based on the day and the wind where the best viewpoints are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I think um, a lot of people don't realize how much it changes like that. So yeah, definitely go to um, visitor center, seek out ranger, ask questions and do your research. And we'll, we'll link that in the, the notes as well. The next one, I will not take what is not mine, leaving lava rocks and sand as originally found. Like why, why can't I take a lava rock or some sand, you know, stinking in my pocket on the way back? This really comes down to respect. You might've heard some stories of people taking lava rocks home with them or black sand and encountering some negative things when they went back home. Mm-hmm. And it could be Madame Pele not happy that they took something from the island that wasn't theirs. And a lot of times, a lot of the hotels will tell us, yeah, you know, there's guests that put it back in a box and mail it back and say, this is where I got it. Please put it back. But more so than anything else, it's just respect. You know, you go into somebody's home, you don't take something and, you know, without asking. Mm -hmm. So that is the main reason behind not taking lava rocks, not taking sand. It's there. You can take pictures of it. You can enjoy it for its beauty, but don't take it home. Yeah, that goes back to leaving it better than we found it and preserving for generations. Yeah, I've heard stories of people sending lava rock back address madam pele and you know stacking up at the uh, post office and so that's <laughs> <laughs> a it's a real thing okay so next one i will heed ocean conditions never turning my back to the pacific lauren talk a little bit about why heating ocean conditions is important you know the swell can pick up and Although something might look so beautiful and the waves crashing on the beach look so inviting, Mm -hmm. if you are not used to, and you could even be the strongest swimmer, the ocean is stronger. And just be very mindful that when you get into that ocean, you want to be able to make sure that you're safely swimming. And especially if you're turning your back to the ocean, you can't see what's behind you. You can't see that wave that's coming up. And the moment it knocks you down and sucks you in, you can't fight back against the water. So to really understand, okay, if this were to happen, don't fight the water, just, you know, be safe in there and know that if help is needed, don't panic, Mm -hmm. but not turning your back to the Pacific in the first place is the safest. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think we've all seen those videos of people who have done that and they get face planted and inside of us kind of laughs a little bit. Oh, like I don't want to be that person. But the reality is it does happen to be super cognizant of it 
because not only could you get face planted, you can get ripped right out because of the current rib conditions or whatever. And you find yourself a mile out super quick. And, you know, I would encourage you to, you know, follow any of the local lifeguard accounts on social media and you'll be surprised at how many rescues are done per day. And I think that also is a great way just to kind of self-educate the importance of, of heating ocean conditions. So thanks, Lauren. And look up for those signs. Yeah. If yeah, there's a sign true. posted saying, don't go in the water, don't go in the water. When rain falls, Malka or inland, I will remain high above ground out of rivers and streams. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah, Brian, you know, this is one that people might not know of. So if you go on like a waterfall hike, I always recommend go with a guide, go with a company that is going to be able to ensure your safety. Because if it's a day where it's raining in the mountains, people might not know that rain in the mountains means streams are going to be flooded sometimes. It's always nice to get the text updates for flash flooding in the area. So I think locals and visitors alike should sign up to get those county updates and it'll tell you, okay, there's a flash flood in this area. And that means you can still go on your hike, but just don't get in the water. It might look really good and nice and cool to take a dip in, but flash flooding can happen so fast. Yeah. And what areas on Hawaii Island should you be aware of a little bit more where flash flooding a little bit more or um, frequent? Definitely the east side of the island. Mm -hmm. And I see Frisha. Yes. (laughs) Her side of the island uh, gets a lot of flash flooding and up north as well. There's some waterfalls up on the north side of the island where they get a lot of rain, but definitely east side. Got it. Next one. I will embrace the island's aloha spirit as it embraces me. Maybe unpack a little bit about that. I know a lot of us have heard the word aloha, but it's a word that has so many layers and depth to it. What does I will embrace the island's aloha spirit mean? You know, Brian, I think you touched on this earlier about Hawaii Island just being so special. And I've heard it from so many people. They say, as soon as I step foot off of the airplane, it's like Hawaii hugged me. (laughs) There's, you know, they're embracing that aloha spirit because the moment you get to the island, it's already embracing you. And it's in the culture, it's in the people, it's in the land, it's in the ocean, it's everywhere around you. And I think if you come to the island with that mindset of, I'm going to have Aloha Spirit. I'm going to treat other people the way I would love to be treated. You're going to get that same in return. People are going to embrace you. They're going to share that Aloha Spirit. So if you give Aloha Spirit, you're going to get Aloha Spirit. Mm. And that's through the people and the island. Frisha, I'd love to hear a little bit about what that means to you. I think to echo Lauren. Think of when you visit Hawaii Island, 
think of it as visiting somebody's home and how would you like your home to be visited? Our people are naturally um, hosts, right? And we're hospitable. It's a part of who we are as part of our culture. And so we want to welcome visitors and we want to um, teach visitors about us and about our place. That's all rooted in Aloha spirit. Um, and so we, we are very welcoming and very excited to welcome as long as it's done in the right way. And as Lauren had said throughout this podcast, respectfully, there will be an automatic and very natural exchange of Aloha between residents and visitors. Yeah, I totally agree. You get just the the love and hospitality of Hawaii and the people. You get so much more back. I mean, if you humbly respect and give, you will receive so much love in return that, like I mentioned at the start of this episode, Hawaii will go with you. That's what it's about. And it's about kind of instilling that ownership um, and love for the land and the people. Lave ika ma'alea iku ono ono. Take wisdom and make it deep. Mm. And really that kind of sums up everything with what we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to share a couple of examples of this. So some of the groups that come to Hawaii they ask, what can we do? We want to do a community service. And, you know, we've gone to other destinations. We've built bikes. We put together toiletries in a bag, you know, for kids. But what can we do that's unique to Hawaii where we're going to leave a positive footprint? Mm -hmm. So this is a very good way to also share part of the culture and for them to leave something positive behind. So taking them to a color patch and be learning about how the tarot or the color is so important to Hawaiians and about the history of the plant, color is life. So to be able to go to a color patch and learn about how it's grown, how to clean the patch, how to replant the plant and learn about poi and learn how to even pound poi, they get dirty and they get to be part of the land, mm. part of the aina, and to be able to leave something better than when you found it. And that to, you know, being a tarot patch. And a lot of the tarot patches, they're either family run and they also try to teach the keiki. Mm -hmm. And that is huge because the keiki are the future. And to be able to kind of be a part of all of that, I think that's one great way for people to give back and learning about maybe invasive species. And even when they're going on a waterfall hike to help take out those invasive species. And if everybody that went on a hike took out 10 plants, that's that many less invasive plants that are there. So mm. you don't have to designate a time to do this. And it doesn't have to be a whole day. It could be part of your adventure while you're on the island. Part of our Pono Pledge cohort 
is starting with our hospitality partners and making sure that everybody is embracing the Pono Pledge in the hospitality industry, because those are the people that are going to be touching all of our guests on the island. And also getting into the community, we want to share this with businesses, nonprofits, and especially the keiki, our children. So we want our kids to be taking the Pono Pledge. And so if we kind of roll this out and everybody's taking the Pono Pledge, everybody's embracing it. And then when our visitors come, we will share that with them as well. Awesome. I love to just kind of wrap our conversation a bit with what's like one must do on Hawaii Island for you. We'll start with uh, Frisha. We already mentioned it, um, but the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park for sure. Definitely. Lauren, what about you? Of course, I wanted to say the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's so unique to the island. But anything where you are embracing Hawaii's culture, Mm. and that could mean, you know, going on a hike with a guide that's going to teach you about some of the history of Hawaii and take you around the island to see the petroglyphs that our community has done such a great job preserving our culture so that those that are coming can learn about how the Hawaiians travel, seeing the petroglyphs that they left behind, going to the city of refuge and learning about the history of that, and then visiting a palace where it's, it's like a museum now. So anything cultural would be something that I would say, do something cultural where you're going to learn about the history. Because I think by learning a little bit about Hawaii, it's going to create a lasting memory for them to take home. And that in itself is priceless. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Awesome. Well, Lauren and Frisha, thank you so much for coming on Hawaii's Best today. I appreciate both of you, what you're doing, and we'll link all this and we're going to be blasting the Pono Pledge as well and getting everybody to take it and and just to be aware in putting this in front of travelers and locals alike. So thank you so much. Mahalo, Brian. Malama Pono. Thank you. Well, a big mahalo and thank you to Frisha and Lauren and everyone else at the mayor's office in Island of Hawaii's Visitors Bureau. If you took the Pono Pledge, thank you so much. Let me know. I'd love to give you a shout out on our social channels. You can email us at contact at hawaiisbesttravel.com. And if you haven't taken the pledge, again, you can go to ponopledge.com and take it today. Well, thank you again so much for your time and listening today. I I truly appreciate you. And if you're planning on traveling to Hawaii soon, thank you so much for doing that responsibly and safely. You're going to have the time of your life. I can't wait for you to experience Hawaii for the first time or maybe again. So ahuiho until we meet again. Be well. Aloha. Thanks for listening to Hawaii's Best Podcast. To stay up to date on future episodes, be sure to subscribe. For more information to help you plan your next trip to Hawaii, visit hawaiisbesttravel.com.